0: Scott Jackson, show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. And our pleasure right now, via the Valley Who's Guest Line, to bring an in interim Old Dominion basketball coach, Kieran Donahue, with us after a wild weekend game against Central Michigan. The Monarchs came up a point short, 58 57 in the Mac Sun Belt Challenge. But, uh, so we bring you in, Kieran. First of all, thanks for your time, as always. And uh, you know the effort level. I was t- talking to some people after this game. Uh, that yeah. can't be questioned, right? I mean, this team suffered a lot of tough, close losses this year. But I guess it says something about the the character and the and the compete of this group that they continue to give you guys great effort. Uh, you know, night in and night out, and in, in these tight games, it's just uh, unfortunate they haven't been able to find a way to get the wins.
1: Well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree completely. Um, obviously, the results are not what we want them to be. Um, it, it's frustrating. It's challenging. Um, but I do agree with what you just said, and, and that's, you know, we're repeating that to our players also. We've come out, uh, game in and game out, and, and really played very hard. Uh, we've really competed very well. Um, and we're giving ourselves a chance. Um, we've got to find a way to kind of, you know, get over the hump. Um, but again, I you know, I give our players a ton of credit, right This has been a very challenging season in a lot of ways obviously you know the the record is is you know a challenge unto itself that we all see right The results aren't what we want it to be, but there's been you know a, a you know a lot of moving pieces um you know and what our roster and coaching staff look like at the start of the season to where it is now is very different, and our players keep responding and and bouncing back and competing game in and game out and playing extremely hard and so i i couldn't be happier. Uh, about that element, and I couldn't be prouder of them um, for the way they're they're handling this and approaching it.
0: Well, now, you know, obviously trying to figure out ways for this team to finish these kind of efforts off. I mean, the other uh, day was with the game against Central Michigan. Obviously, there's a couple possessions, you know, you had chances there late. Uh, just in, in your mind, what, what would you have liked to seen happen? Obviously, one of them's a turnover. One's, you know, kind of a, a deep three from Chauncey. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Bryce with the putback doesn't get in. But uh, kind, kind of what take, take us through those, those possessions and kind of what you guys would like to see, uh, you know, maybe next time moving forward.
1: Well, there's no doubt, right? We, we didn't, you know, we want to avoid the, the, the turnover. We had a few too many turnovers down the stretch, right? And, and ultimately I feel like this was a game that, that slipped away from us. Um, you know, we had a lot of chances, uh, you know, in the second half of the game in the last 11 minutes. Um, we played very well defensively, battled great. Um, we just, we, we weren't able to put the ball in the basket. You know, we missed a lot of chippies. We had a lot of shots in the paint in the lane that, that we just, for whatever reason, just weren't able to put the ball in the basket. And then we, we had, you know, a handful of turnovers there down the stretch. And obviously, the, the, you know, the one with, you know, whatever that was, you know, 24 seconds, 20 seconds, somewhere in there, um, you know, was, was a backbreaker after coming up with a really big steal, um, you know, in a couple good possessions. So, uh, obviously, you know, can't turn the ball over. You know, you got to, you got to get really good shot attempts at the end of the game. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, our last two possessions on, uh, on Saturday afternoon, neither one resulted in a, in a good shot attempt. Um, you know, we we would like to, uh, you know, we would have liked to have attacked the basket sooner, right? Um, yeah. You know, there was no question about that in, in the last possession, and uh, you know, I, I think we we settled, uh, you know, for for a tougher shot than than we would have liked. I you know I would have liked for us, and we were trying to get our guys to to attack and and drive, you know, and drive and attack the basket, and you know. You know, maybe maybe get to the bucket and score. Maybe get fouled trying to get to the best and score. Maybe draw some help and kick, which was something uh, you know that we were constantly talking about. You know, especially throughout that whole entire game, but certainly in the second half, right? We had to drive the ball, um, and, and we had to kick, uh, and, and ultimately we just weren't able to, to do that. Um, so it's it's disappointing. It's frustrating, and you know, we just we need to learn from it and, and try to be better next time for sure.
0: Uh, Jason Wade give you gave you some really good minutes again, and you know always playing you know a bigger man you know throughout this thing, but you know c- career day in terms of rebounds or season high in terms of rebounds for him. Um, you know ha- asking him to do that, obviously he's you know his basketball IQ is is off the charts, but uh, kind of how what he was able to give you guys, and, and it does seem like when he's out there, better things tend to happen for you.
1: Oh, that's definitely my opinion also, right? Uh, you know, Jason Wade is just a basketball player, right? Um, you know, and, uh, you're starting to see as, of course, the season's gone on now. And obviously he's, he's played, um, you know, you know, significant minutes all season. He's playing more minutes now here in, in the last few weeks. Um, you know, and you're, and you're seeing, uh, you know, Somewhat of a return to the to Jason Wade that, that, you know, ODU fans, uh, know and love from a few years ago before his multiple injuries. Um, you know, he just impacts the game. He, he, he's a winning basketball player, right? He, he just, he makes plays that lead towards winning. Uh, you know, he doesn't score very much. Um, but he just facilitates everything at both ends of the floor, right? He, he anchors our defense when he's in the game. And yes, he is undersized. Um, you know, and that creates some challenges guarding at the low post. Um, but he finds a way to, you know, he finds a way to to cover that up um, by, by moving his feet really well and being disruptive. And then we give him some help, obviously when he's down there. Um, but but he just anchors our defense uh, in a, in a lot of ways and makes good things happen. And then on the offensive end. You know, he just moves the ball well. He's a he's a very good receiver. He's a pretty good, very good passer. He you know he screens probably as well as anyone on our team. Things just run smoother at both ends of the floor when he's on the game, and or excuse me, in, um, in, when he's in the game. Um, and uh, you know, and that's just really valuable for us right now. He's he's been a, a big piece to kind of helping us play better team basketball at both ends of the floor here the last few weeks.
0: Here in Donahue's with us, Inter ODU head basketball coach here, Scott Jackson, show priority auto sports radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King. Law joins us via the whos uh, guest line. You know, this game, you know, you mentioned the turnovers earlier. You know, you need to clean that up, obviously, and it's not normally something that you guys have been known to do. You've been pretty clean with the ball this year, but I, I thought overall, I mean, you had a pretty high assist number with the amount of field goals you made when, when the turnovers weren't there, when-, when you didn't settle for quick shots. It seems like the ball movement has gotten better here recently. Uh, do-, do you see? that as well is it trending in the right direction in your
1: mind yes it definitely is um you know it it definitely looks and feels better um you know and and we need more of it um and it is it it is trending in the right direction right we obviously shot the ball extremely well from three uh, which is not our you know not what we're known for not our call card um in the game on saturday afternoon but a big part of that was because of because of ball movement Uh, you know it was you know there were there were a couple there late shot clock. There were two that were sort of kind of, uh, you know, good luck there at the end of the shot clock. But, but the other nine, I, I think all came from really good situations where the ball moved and shared and, you know, made one extra pass and turned down a good shot for a better shot for one of our teammates. Um, and again, we, you know, we're just harping on that. We're, we're showing the, the guys that we're talking about that. We're, you know, we're, we're focusing on that. Um, and we just need more of that. Uh, so it is trending in the right direction. Um, it is getting better. Um, but again, you know we you know horseshoes and hand grenades we, we we need it we need the results, we need it to lead to the results it, it, but it is definitely better team basketball
0: uh, we're here with Gary Donahue sky jackson show priority of sports radio ninety four point one talking. Uh, ODU basketball, the, the Mac uh, Sunbelt Challenge part of it is over now. Back all in conference play the rest of the way. you got Louisiana coming in uh, later this week and Georgia State And the next four all-home games here in, in the Sunbelt. How uh, you know helpful can that be for you because you don't have to travel. You get the little extra time on the court with these guys and in the film room uh, to have that extra and not have to worry about you know getting on a bus and then getting on a plane and those kind of things over these next couple of weeks.
1: Oh, there's no question, right? Listen, it's great to be back in Chartway Arena where we have so much tremendous fan support, right? Again, you know, again, hats off to our fans. Uh, You know, this has been a challenging season, um, but our fans are are still coming out in force and supporting us, and and they were, you know, very, very much into that game there yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday, Um, you know, and and, and their emotion, their energy, uh, you know, definitely helped our team um so yeah any chance we get to be at home it, it's a good situation right there's just less wear and tear on the guys it's, it's a little bit easier for them um you know hopefully we shoot a little bit better at home uh but again you just have that extra you know that extra oomph that comes from from the fans giving us a little bit more of a lift and, and this is this is great right this, these four games and there's some challenging games for sure um they're all going to be challenging but four games in a row uh over the next two weeks here at home gives us a chance to just kind of uh, you know Get better, get get back, and you know, get on better footing here, and hopefully give ourselves a chance to get some wins.
0: You know, um, the the other thing is thinking about this game, you know, and I know you guys drive this home a lot as, as coaches, and, and certainly, you know, I guess a good learning. Uh, tool, but it's just like the small things, right, that add up in in these close games. And you've been in so many uh, close games this season, but you know, like little things about you know taking, a, you know, protecting the basketball, you know, taking the easy bucket, maybe don't try the highlight real play. I mean, you had a couple guys lose balls, uh, obviously in breakaways or miss dunks, uh, and those kind of things. Is that something that is definitely uh, kind of pointed at this week as you move forward, trying to get past this one?
1: Absolutely, right? We, we gotta always kind of, you know, learn from the mistakes. Again, learn from the good stuff, but we also gotta learn from the bad stuff. Um, you know, and again, you know, when, when we're at our best, we're, we're keeping it simple, right? We're, we've gotta be, uh, you know, more efficient. Um, you know, we've got to move the ball, move ourselves, but we we have to be stronger with the ball. There's no doubt. Um, you know, we've, we gotta give ourselves a better chance, right? We, we, you know, we gotta, we, we don't generate a ton of offensive rebounds. Um, you know that's not a strength of ours right now, so we got to make sure that we we don't turn it over. You know we got to get good possessions that result in good shots. You know, as often as we can, every time down the floor.
0: All right, Old Dominion interim basketball coach Kieran Donahue with us Thursday. Uh, Take it on Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, of course, we'll have it for you here on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Coach, as always, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. All right, Kieran Donahue joins us via the Valley Who's guest line here on the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. All right, welcome back here on the program. uh, Game balls, lame balls, and the text line 757-687-9494. Keep him coming. By the way, to our onside kick guy, good idea while it lasted. We've decided that's not legal, so sorry. I mean, you can do it. It just doesn't get you any advantage outside of, you know, I guess the first possession. But in that case, you just said, Uh, I guess if you're deferring or you didn't have the option the other team defers I guess you could do it in order to uh, you know to to mess them up in that regard you know I don't know It's kind of a bummer because it seemed exciting at first it did it was really exciting Um, so anyway so I've decided on a different idea. You know the old drive kick? They used to be a big thing, like you pick like a guy on the up team that looks like he's uncoordinated and has no hands, and you just drive the ball, like kick it at them and it bounces off them and you know, you hope in a random sense that you'll get the re- you know, you'll yep. get the recovery. So that would be, you know, a turnover, right? Like if that happens, so then that is stealing the possession. Whereas the onside kick is not because it's never possessed by the other team.
2: You know, Jared Brown from ODU. Used to do that back in the day. when, And that's, you know, you, kick, could steal, yeah.
0: you could steal some possessions
2: yeah, that way. Great. So I, I remember that very fondly.
0: It's good stuff. Um, Steven Williamsburg's at a lame ball to all the 49ers who didn't know the overtime rules. You're professionals, for Pete's sakes. You should have to, shouldn't have to rely on your coach to inform you of everything. Yeah, but these are things like the better staffs do, right? Like, they don't leave anything to chance.
2: Yeah, but this is one of those things that your coaches should be telling you
0: about. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's so it's really something that should be driven home. Now, again, I'm just a freaking fan of the sport, but I do remember when the rule change was made, right? And I remember that it was happening in the postseason. So it seems like these guys should have known that since it's their job.
2: You know what your coach shouldn't have to tell you? To protect the ball in the red zone. <laughs> That's
0: what they shouldn't have yeah, to tell well, you. Yeah, well, there's that too. There is that as well. Or um, don't get your extra point blocked. Yeah. All right, a lot of commander's news today with uh, staff additions. Um, On the defensive side today, uh, you just mentioned this in the update, Ken Norton Jr. is joining the staff as the linebackers coach. He formerly uh, had coached with um, Dan Quinn in Seattle. Of course, he was uh, an all-pro with the Cowboys and the 49ers. Um, Always a really good player was Ken Norton Jr., Um, Also, the team's adding Chargers and Raiders defensive coordinator John Pagano to the staff as a senior defensive aide. He had coached the linebackers in Denver and special assistant to UConn last season as well. So he's been around a little bit. Um, All right, so we're going to get to a part in a minute here where I'm going to be a little baffled. So um, anyway, okay. so the other thing the commanders did today was hire a guy named Bobby Johnson as their offensive line coach. Okay, you need an offensive line coach, right? Clearly, you need that. Uh, But what you don't need is a guy who was an offensive line coach for a team that gave the second most sacks in NFL history this past season in the Giants. But that's what they got. Yeah. I'm not sure about this Bobby Johnson hire at all. Yeah. I mean, look, I thought the offensive line was poorly coached last year, but boy, oh boy, I mean, this seems a little extreme, right? So Bobby Johnson... Is the new O lines coach? Um, he held the role of the Giants last season. her time with the Bills, I don't know, man. And, and what's weird about it is, I'm trying to find is there a clear connection to Bobby Johnson, the you know the, the former Giants O line coach, to Dan Quinn, and I'm not really finding one. You know, so like you're okay. So there's not a, a real clear connection here. It's certainly not somebody you you would hire off of their resume um, with what they did last season. For sure, um, I don't know. This not uh, I'm not I'm not feeling that one for sure. Yeah, that that was a very odd one. Now, look, he was in Buffalo. They had some pretty good lines from 2019 to 2021, so maybe we will get that version. It just feels like the Giants, and they had put some investment in their O line, really underachieved. And I believe this guy. I mean, he's intense because he did get into it with a player, with a linebacker. He like got into it on the sideline during the game last year. Um. So interesting! Interesting hire. I'm not excited about it, but hey, we'll see. That just seems a little surprising. That's. What, I'll leave it at that. They were uh, a bad offensive line with the Commanders, and now adding a guy who might have been at a worse offensive line doesn't seem like that's helping from last season.
2: Yeah, I I agree, and it maybe is. It's, you hate to say this, but best of what's left. I guess.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at that point, I would have just kept Juan Castillo and had him coach the offensive line, which he had done before in other stops. So they have let Juan Castillo go. It also looks like Todd Storm, the tight ends coach, and uh, Travell Wharton, who was the O-line coach, are not coming back. Ryan Kerrigan will be returning, which I suspected was going to take place. You tell me Randy Jordan is going to the Titans. Is that right? Correct. So yep. I kind of wanted Randy Jordan to stick around because, well, they're running backs have been pretty damn good, uh, under Randy Jordan, no matter who they are, but he's not coming back. So Ryan Kerrigan is back going to be an assistant to pass rush specialist kind of job is what they're saying, what they're calling him right now. Although I don't think any, any certainty on, you know, what's going on with the, uh, any certainties there with what's going on with this with um all the staff name like the positions or what have you they haven't named everybody's position yet they're just slowly rolling out the hires and I don't think the team has actually released a lot of this This is mostly through coaching agents and that kind of stuff right now but again Kingsbury here's your OC uh Joe Witcher DC Larry Izzo that was from Friday special teams coordinator uh Tavita Pritchard who was the former quarterbacks coach is back Brian Johnson is going to be some type of offensive assistant, the former Eagles uh, offensive coordinator. Jason Simmons is the secondary slash passing game coordinator. And then obviously you now add the guys from today, Ken Norton Jr. um, This Bobby Johnson uh, as the offensive line coach. And who am I forgetting? Anybody else I'm forgetting? No, I guess that's it. No, you got it. That's it. Oh, John Pagano. Sorry, John Pagano. So there you go. So those are all the pieces so far. So still a few spots to be filled. Uh, before it's all said and done, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna need a better explainer on the Bobby Johnson. Maybe there's something with the Giants situation I'm unaware of. Maybe my Big Blue fans can explain to me, or maybe he's just horrific. <laughs> or maybe this is just a really crap ass hire. Yeah, I, I don't I just know. I don't know
2: because the rest of them seem like such good hires, mm-hmm. don't they? Like Ken Norton Jr. is your linebackers coach. That seems like a solid hire. Yeah, that's
0: fine. Yeah. You
2: know, it seems like a solid thing to keep Kerrigan. It seems like you know bringing in a Pagano was in a as an assistant yeah. isn't the worst thing in the world. They, they're not great yeah. in uh, high profile positions, but I'm you know as a consultant, mm-hmm. I could certainly see that.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, and it's ultimately going to be. The Dan Quinn defense with Joe Witt calling it, you know, on Sundays. But he's going to have a lot of, you know, gonna fingerprints all over it, as they say, before it's all said and done. All right, so that's the news out of the commander situation today. I do think I saw a report or heard or it was it, don't know. I, I hesitate to call them all reports anymore. But I thought I saw a commander's tweet yesterday <laughs> about their position on moving up. Which was that, no, they're they're not interested in giving up draft capital um, to move up.
2: I hope that's a lot the of case. Draft capital, I so. hope that's the case.
0: But it could be, again, a lot of speculation, as they say, you know, about all these things. And it's a lot of poker, liar's poker right now because, you know, they're all going through the process. They don't even, you know. They, they should have a good lean on what they think about all these players, but they still have to go through it. They got to go to the combine. They got to do the personal workouts. Uh, they got to get lied to by the former coaches of all these players at some point and all the, you know, friends and family and all that kind of stuff. But they have, they've still got to go through that process and see really if, if the bears can get what they want. And, and like I've said over and over, the bears can only go back, but so far if they want to achieve what they really want to achieve. And I, I'm not even sure they want to go back, because if they're looking at quarterback, it really doesn't make any sense. Because no. if, you, if you like Jaden Daniels better than Caleb Williams, then just stay at one and take him, you know? I mean, it's it's tough to do that kind of jockeying. But, I, you know, and it really doesn't matter if you move back a couple slots. I mean, it's not like you're trying to save money. I mean, how much would you really get out of it? And unless somebody, again, is giving you, as they say, the, you know, the historical haul. Well, I mean, you're not going to get a historical haul just moving two spots back or one spot back. No. Doesn't, doesn't You'd
2: have to move to like eight or something, yeah, and then and, that's then you're not yeah, gonna get. A you're not gonna get your. You're not gonna get or who you receiver. want.
0: Yeah, or your receiver. So again, unless they love like three to four players just as much as they love, you know, Marvin Harrison or whatever, or if they're keeping Justin Fields, and okay, then that then you can talk me into how that that makes logical sense that they would do it. But if that's not what they're thinking, then they're totally screwed. So anyway. All right, let's get back to some of the Super Bowl stuff. Poll question of the day, dealing with the Super Bowl, your biggest takeaway from said Super Bowl. Uh, at Jackson Sports on the X at ESPN Radio 941, you can get it there as well. Poll question brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. So what will be the Super Bowl 58 be remembered for? Um, 63.2% say it is the Mahomes Magic, followed by another 208 saying of the Shanahan Collapse, 104 going with Spags D stepping up. And then, of course, the 5.7% of you that like to go out of the box and do another. I like that. Uh, Tom K., who just joined the poll, says he's going to remember it for a great game. Very succinctly put, Tom K., and very correct. All right. It wasn't tracking to be a great game early on, though. We have to be honest about that. But then it became a great game as the night went on. Because there were points of it where you're like, man, is anything ever going to happen exciting in this game? Yeah, that's fair. And frankly, when when the – like we you hit this earlier, I mean, really another – Turning point, if you will, or a point that wasn't a turning point that should have been for the 49ers was after the pick early in the second half. I mean, Mahomes comes out, throws the pick, and you don't do anything with it. Like, you, you can't cash in on it. It's an absolute killer. I mean, those are the kind of things you have to be able to do, you know, if you're going to bury the champs. And clearly they did not. That was bad. Uh, and then the clock management was hideous for both teams in different stretches of the game. You know, I mean, Shanahan before half probably should have tried to salvage some more of the salvage some clock to get a chance to get some more points to the board and then of course read at the end of regulation almost botching that thing you know completely had they lost the game in overtime i would have said well they blew it in the end of regulation because yep. they should have had more time to take some end zone shots there to go ahead as opposed to playing for the tie uh 757 if you want to hit us up uh via the uh, text line or the um phone line as well, the Ballyhoo's phone line, 757 uh, ninety-four. The other thing that did not come back and bite the Chiefs was burning that third that third first time out in the early third and then Getting stoned in the third and one when they really should have already had the first down because the bad mark by the official. Yeah, why of, they didn't
2: challenge that if the they're going to do the timeout anyway? Right. I don't you know. already
0: burned the timeout. Ask them to challenge it. I don't understand it. unless it's one of those expedited official things where they told him "Hey, you know, Andy on the sideline, like the black ops refs as they were calling them, <laughs> like, whatever those guys were." Who black the, ops? Did you notice refs. that they had like the blacker? You they know. did. They did. It was kind of no, weird. No, you're right. It was kind of a weird thing, right? Like, maybe they said to him, hey, Andy, no, don't waste your time. You know, we're being told by New York that it's, you know, the right spot, so don't do it. I'm not sure. I mean, I would really like a better explanation of what are the extra refs. Like, they were almost like they were trying to hide because they were in the dark years. Like, kind of like the people that move the move the sets and plays, you know, that are like in dark, you know, clothes or whatever, and they come out and like, you're not supposed to see them, although everybody can freaking see them. That's funny. That's what it felt like. It's like, Hey, we're the refs. You can't see because we're just not here. And did you think it was interesting too, after the game when um, they didn't do the on-field Andy Reid interview with, uh, I think it's, um, who's the girl that just,
2: does... uh, no, wait, 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 Tracy Wolfson, Tracy Wolfson. And they're
0: like, no, get him at the podium. Cause you know what was the deal was they're running out of time. They wanted to get that stupid CBS show on. What's it called? The guy's like... The Trackers. Tracker yeah. guy or whatever his name is. Yeah, whatever that thing is. So I feel like that show's been done before, but it could be my imagination. It's
2: been done. Just, I mean, variations of it have yeah. been done. This is just a different kind of variation. There.
0: Yeah. Isn't it like, um, what's the guy... Um, oh, man, what the hell was that movie? And then I think Denzel Washington play, played the guy in a movie. Uh, they did the movie... The Equalizer. I kind of feel like this almost like The Equalizer, except that he's not killing people, he's finding people.
2: (laughs) Definitely less intense than The Equalizer, (laughs) yes. But they already had The Equalizer with Queen Latifah. The series, Equalizer series is already on CBS.
0: Yeah, and they have movies, Equalizer. I mean, they've got everybody... They've got every variety of an Equalizer. It's pretty interesting. Um, I also didn't know this because I don't watch it anymore. I haven't been watching it in years, but I used to watch NCIS from time to time. It always made me laugh because it was allegedly supposed to be in Falls Church, and it was such a farce that it wasn't. But anyway, they they had... uh, I didn't realize Lumberg from Office Space is the guy who's the head of the NCIS. I mean, you can't yeah. – if anybody's seen Office Space, you cannot take Bill Lumberg seriously uh, as as anybody besides Bill Lumberg. I'm sorry. And the guy's a great actor, Gary Cole, but, I mean, come on. Gary Cole cannot be running, you know, I get it. the NCIS. I get it. You it's know what it's I mean? hard. It's you hard. Know, he's no. He's no Mark Harmon. I mean, he's it's it's not, it's not believable. That's why I don't watch these variations of CIS, NCIS, although I will watch – Suffolk, uh, CIS, when that comes out. I'm looking forward to that. There you go. All right, 757-687-9494, Ballyhoo's phone line, text line. Any takeaways left from the Super Bowl before you have Adam with us? Um, Virginia, your hopes of getting basketball and uh, hockey maybe uh, will be put on ice for a while. We'll get to that coming up next. here, Scott Jackson's show priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, welcome back. Uh, about another 20-plus minutes with you here. Uh, Big news in college football today as uh, the coaching carousel continues here in February. We'll get to that. But uh, let's first talk a little bit uh, Virginia, NBA, NHL future with this Alexandria site supposedly getting the Wizards and the Caps here in the near future. Apparently a funding discussion in the Virginia Senate or lack thereof could have major implications on the monumental sports proposed move out of the District of Columbia into Alexandria, Virginia, Senate Finance uh, Committee met today, but a piece of legislation that was expected to be a topic of discussion wasn't even on the docket. Of legislation it proposed creating the Sports Authority that would issue more than a billion dollars in bonds to build a sports entertainment district, and the Wizards and Cap near Cap's near uh, Potomac Yards Metro stop uh, in Alexandria, Monumental Sports Entertainment, uh, the parent company would have to repay the. loan from revenue generated, but Tuesday is the deadline by which the bill has to be heard in advance, the full Senate, if it's going to have a future. However, senators made it clear they were not interested in moving it forward. Um, Luis Lucas, who is um, District uh, 18 chairperson, uh, explained that the Finance Committee has concerns about using taxpayer money for the area, and um, Governor Yunkin's refusal to negotiate said, I will not allow the billionaire to build a company- um, build his company's wealth on taxpayer dimes said Lucas, uh, in a statement today. And so it looks like from the Senate side of it, it's done. Um, Lucas went as far as the bill is dead. Uh, however, legislation obviously still alive in the house of delegates. So there's, there's still a lot to, to be done here. Uh, and of course, if it doesn't get the funding and the bonds doesn't it mean it's dead. I mean, here's a crazy ass idea I got for you. Maybe Ted Leonsis could flip the bill with some of his, uh, some of his money that he's got from, uh, Qatar these days. I you mean, think? you know, he's got a lot of money from this, this, you know, we could call it sports washing group that he's got behind him. Uh, but he, but that's reality. Like they have a lot of money and they've got a lot of influence and, uh, capital in this stuff. Why doesn't he ask them for the money since they're part of his ownership group now, uh, with monumental sports, which is what I would wonder. And again, I, I, I get it, man. Like these, these stadium and, um, Arena deals—they're usually not very good for anybody involved except for the owners of the sports teams. Yeah, I mean to, to sit here and be naive and go, "Oh, we're gonna get all this money back." And I saw the one of the spokespeople say today, "Oh, yeah, they're gonna be able to do all this stuff with schools and roads and all this other stuff." Really? I don't know, man. Loudoun County's got a hell of a lot of money. They got toll roads up there still, and they keep going up every year. Mm-hmm. They're not going down. We've got the lottery what that does for schools I'm still not sure I mean I mean I hear it gets all this money in but then your teacher sends your list of stuff on hey we need we need tissues for the classroom and could you get us the whiteboard stuff and all those other things because we don't have money for it You're like what? but wait a minute the lottery's supposed to pay for all this stuff like all these things always sound wonderful. We got all this gambling money in the state now. where's that going? Is that helping anybody out? I don't know feels like the people involved get really rich and the the quote unquote breaks never really show up. So I I get it, man. I would love to get more information on this, too. Before, I think the, the people in Alexandria should have the opportunity to vote on what goes in their neighborhood. Call me naive. When I lived in Loudoun County, they were talking about the stadium for the commanders there. I was like, no freaking way. Get it out of here. I don't want this here. Why would I want an NFL stadium in my backyard? Even that, And that's only, by the way, like once or twice, you know that's only only like two or three times a month yeah. during the football yeah. season that's not like the the bat the arena is going to be there like most of the year like you're going to have traffic and all this stuff and there's one metro stop which is you know ridiculous there's one line that comes through there which isn't enough there's not enough there's not enough proposed parking yet uh for it and if you live anywhere outside of you know like Basically forty like thirty miles plus out or thirty minutes plus out. The metro is not going to be fast doing that because there's always going to be a backup. There's always going to be a train issue. It's not going to be fast. They keep saying, "Oh, it's only a few more stops than the one it's currently at." Well, that's a big difference. The few more stops and the fact that you can only get into it one direction. Yep. From most places is a big problem. So I mean. If they're going to slow this thing down and let's like have a real conversation, it's like light speed idea of this thing makes me uncomfortable. So I get it if there's people that are unhappy about it and unsure about it because they should be because we really don't know. Just like oh yeah, if you get the Olympics or we're going to get the World Cup and it brings all these dollars in all this stuff and. Then you come, you know, later down the road and you're like, no, actually they didn't. And they still have these things they built for the Olympics that are still standing that nobody uses anymore. <laughs> like some of these countries, you know, like, what do we do all this for? Or
2: well, remember Stan Kroenke built that palace in Los Angeles thinking, oh, you, we, we'll get World Cup and all this yeah. stuff. And then the doofus didn't build it to scale enough to right. actually have soccer in the stadium in the first place. Yep. So now that great World Cup idea went out the window.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Again, I get why Ted Leonsis wants to do this. It's a great deal for him. I know he's mad at, the, at D.C., and that's fine. But, you know, it doesn't mean Virginia's got to jump in bed with it. And by the way, the teams are still going to be D.C. teams. They're going to be named after Washington, D.C. They're not going to change them to the Virginia Wizards, which would really be the worst. That would be even worse than Washington Wizards. Or the Virginia Capitals or the Commonwealth Caps. It's not. I mean, we're in New Jersey. You're being used like New Jersey. You're going to be East Rutherford in Alexandria. If that's what you aspire to do. Good, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah, they're not the Jersey Jets.
0: They're not. You know, it's nothing exciting to me about that. But for some people, they really have this idea that this is going to be such a, a boon for Virginia. Well, okay, you're gonna have to show me a little bit more than you know Ted Leonsis's math numbers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got enough experience with that guy to know. I'm not going to take his word for it. All right. I was also told the wizards were very close to competing about 35 times in the last 15 years. Okay. So please stop it. Oh man. So, I mean, to believe any of it. No, please. No,
2: I get that. It's hard to take that seriously. I understand.
0: By the way, on Friday, Virginia's house appropriations committee voted 17 to three to advance the measure to relocate the team, the bill uh, passed overwhelmingly, uh, but several uh, senior Democratic legislators made it clear the support for the measure was in the interest of keeping negotiations going. Yeah, and that's what this should be—a negotiation. Like you should be getting more out of it from again this billion. You know these both of these teams. Well, I don't know about the Capitals, the Wizards, as terrible as they've been, but the NBA is very profitable these days. Are worth billions of dollars, like as bad as they've been. True. And again, he's got this sovereign money that's come in that's been you know. Very interesting. Uh, the, the NBA allows them to do it. Those guys we know have a lot of money. I, I would just wonder why the state has to float the bill for them. Like, what you're giving them the land, you're giving them the area. You're, I mean, why does the state have to pay them anything? That's what my question would be. It's certainly not something I'd want to pay more taxes for, frankly. No. You know, no. that's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, but yes. So maybe we'll see. I, I don't think this is a dead situation. I know there's some big talk by the politicians here but i don't necessarily think it's dead because of this
2: look in the state of virginia we should be kind of used to these deals being talked about and oh it's a done deal until it's not and that's just happened in the commonwealth for a long time Long time when I mean, we were talking decades here whether it be here in the 757 where, well back back then the 804 or, yep. you know what i mean we we've, right. we've we've heard this song before on repeat and until they actually start construction and even then sometimes question mark but until construction's actually started and teams have actually voted that they're actually moving here and the leagues have decided then i'll believe it when i see it
0: yeah i just feel like it needs a little bit more analysis first of all they had this rushed press conference uh, a few weeks back, uh, where they took zero questions, the the owner took zero questions, um, in in adva- in in that situation, it was very weird. Um, DC was led to believe they were still in a negotiation, and then say the rug got pulled out from under and We can say, well, shame on them. There's you know, in, you know, incompetent politics and all this stuff, and that all could be true. But again, as somebody here on the Virginia side has pointed out, well, they just pulled out on a, a reneged on a lease agreement with DC. What, what's to say? They wouldn't do it here. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? true. You know, as you're breaking ground in this thing, I, I don't know. I mean, it's to me, it's like, I don't know why this is exciting again. It's, and frankly, I mean, both the franchises are in a terrible place. I mean, the, the, the wizards at least have a plan moving forward. I mean, I don't know what the caps plan is. I mean, yeah. it's just like we're, we're riding this sucker out until OV gets a goal record. I mean, I don't know where, I mean, it's not like they're these two hot commodities. It's not like we're fighting over the Golden State Warriors over the Bay Area here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Back point. in the day when they stole them from Oakland just a few years back. I mean, it's, it's not exactly that. This hasn't been a track record of a guy who really knows how to run sports franchises if no. you been paying attention. But I mean, yeah, the Caps got a chip. But again, you, you had Alex Ovechkin. You got one. That's it. He didn't get out of the second round all those other years.
2: And if these teams end up for sale yeah. in five years, ten years, what do you think is going to happen? Right. You think the new owner is going to keep him in Alexandria?
0: I I don't know.
2: Not too sure about that. Yeah,
0: and again, it's yeah, it's close. It's right outside. But the difference between being close and inside, like in terms of commute, is a big deal. I mean, people are way underselling how much of a pain in the you-know-what it is to get from those extra three to four stops through there. And then in some cases, if you're like in... Loudoun County, I mean, that's a long, long ride on the silver line to the, I guess, the orange you have to go in and then over. It's way out there, and that's where a lot of your ticket holders are. Fairfax, Loudoun, Montgomery. And for Montgomery, it's, I mean, real pain in the butt because you've got to go through the city to come out of Virginia that way on the red line. I mean, geez, good luck. you got to switch trains, excuse me, because that's not red line. I think it's a blue or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, and switching trains. That's always that's fun. That's always fun That's because it's so easy. Yeah, anyway, good luck. All right. Glad somebody slowed the, slowed the roll. Hopefully, we'll actually get the chance to see what it's really about. All right, coming up, we'll dive into what we missed. Uh, the Bruins coach left for a conference, well, rival, or soon-to-be rival. So, what did they do? They made a decision today. We'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson, show Priority of Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, on uh, Friday, the shocking news that Chip Kelly was leaving UCLA as their head coach to go be the offensive coordinator at the Ohio State. Now, the news on who's going to follow him, it's going to be uh, Deshaun Foster. They fired their former longtime player and assistant. Well, not a longtime player. He was a former player and longtime assistant, Deshaun Foster, running back. He is—he uh, was working with the Las Vegas Raiders for, for about a month, or about two weeks, I guess. And now is uh, headed back. He's a UCLA Hall of Famer. He served 10 years in various roles at the school. Of course, played seven years in the NFL. And uh, he is the guy that will be the face of the program now moving forward here as they head into the big next season with Chip Kelly. Of course, in the conference, just at Ohio State as the OC. So some strange happenings. It just never stops in college football these days. Nope, It is non-stop these days. So anyway... Good, uh, good pivot, I guess, for UCLA. We'll see how it uh, works out. But shocked to see, uh, I'm still surprised with the Chip Kelly news. It's just really, really weird.
2: He really got all up in his feelings about that. I think I, I think yeah. he nailed it on Friday.
0: Yeah. I think he did not forget that they tried to can him and said, all right, I'm out of here. Therefore I'm gone. All right. Um, uh, more, um, on the college world again, Kelly had a rep- went to play, replace, um, Bill O'Brien, who took the Boston College job, who literally was at Ohio State for a few weeks as well. So you've had a lot of these, hey, we're here for a few weeks and now we're gone uh, kind of scenarios in college football this year. And now Kelly will go work for a guy who played for him at Ohio, St- at, uh, excuse me, the University of New Hampshire, Ryan Day. So this is all, you know, everybody's just staying together. It is an interesting thing. Um, apparently, Kelly, the, the story I read on Friday after this, the dust cleared, the reasoning behind Kelly's departure comes down to an affinity to coach again, um, spurred in part by UCLA's uh, quarterbacks coach um, leaving um, before the bowl game this year. It's the first time in more than a decade that uh, Kelly got to coach the position again, he says that's why he wants to wait do a
2: it. minute so we're doing the ron rivera i doing Rivera he's doing, a ron, rivera. He's oh doing ron rivera
0: basically which is interesting okay yeah i'm not sure i buy it either all right um and we gotta thank david schwab from octagon kieran donahue old dominion interim basketball coach for joining us today uh and all of you for texting and uh Tweeting and all those other things you do, and calling. Uh, tomorrow we'll uh, start looking ahead to next season. You know, there's already odds out for the you know who's the team to beat. Look, we know who the team to beat is. It's the freaking Chiefs. I don't care what that's they, right. I don't care what Vegas says. It's the Chiefs. Okay, so we'll do that tomorrow with you. Um, also, um, tomorrow, Mitt Winter, who is a former William Mary basketball player, is now a NIL attorney. He's going to be with us. He's going to give us some NIL. Uh, insights, and uh, his thoughts on what's happening next year in the world of college uh, sports. So join us for that tomorrow. It's also Hot Take Tuesday. All right, for James him, Scott Jackson, hope you uh, all enjoy the Super Bowl Monday edition. I'll be back with you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We're represented by Larry Kinglaw, injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. Good night. See you tomorrow at 3.